All right, everybody, welcome to the Blood Runner Show. My name is Josh. Hope everyone had a good weekend full of some decent Euro qualifiers. We'll get to that a little bit later, but first, let's dive into a little bit of Barcelona news. So continuing the theme from years past where players at Barcelona that aren't living up to either the money that Barcelona paid for them or expectations, uh, Ferran Torres reportedly has no intention of leaving Barcelona this summer. Given his age, you know, he's only 23 years old. Uh, he arrived, I guess, what is it, 12, 13 months ago for 55 million euros. Had a kind of a, you know, had sort of an interesting start. He he was very obviously talented, and he still is, right? But it's a little bit interesting. Both him and Ansu Fati were left off of the uh, Spain squad for the Euro, Euro qualifiers uh, this uh, this international break. Uh, there's report that that uh, Atletico Madrid and the team in Syria both inquired about signing Torres on a loan in January, but Barcelona turned them down, probably just simply due to injury problems and concerns about squad depth. It'd be hilarious if he ended up on Atletico Madrid, him and Memphis Depay just tearing up the league after <laughs> failing to do anything at Barcelona. It's hard to remember that Torres is only 23. He's definitely not like a lost cause. I would that would be that would be a bit dramatic to say something like that. The the thing that is fascinating is he's just another case of a player who was signed for too much. And that's not his fault. He's a really talented player. He's just struggling to find a place at City, which I mean, who <laughs> there's not many players who don't struggle to find a place at City. Look at Jao Cancelo. And he's struggling at Barcelona. He definitely, I think he needs a change of scenery. Uh, I don't blame him for wanting to stick around to Barcelona. Who wouldn't? And I don't know. It'll be interesting moving forward. He doesn't seem like a guy who, I don't see him making like a huge kerfuffle, I guess, if he isn't in the starting 11. Well, he, he hasn't been in the starting 11 and you haven't heard anything. He's a really good like off the bench player. I know for 55 million you want you want someone you pay that much money for to start, but if he sticks around and is able to make an impact off the bench or be like a good injury guy, I don't know. I'm not too mad about that. The other bit of news, former Barcelona striker Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang uh, is willing to make quote a huge effort according to Dario to force his way out of Stamford Bridge this summer and get back to Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea did pay $12 million last summer to take him from Barcelona, but uh, we saw him you know, back in the, the Barcelona dressing room after the Classico. Seems like he likes it at Barcelona like everybody else, except for Memphis Depay. And yeah, of course it'd be good to have him back. Like, he's... Here's the thing. He's getting up there in age, right? I don't think Barcelona necessarily want to have a, you know, a 33-year-old Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and a uh, a 34-year-old Robert Lewandowski be their only two strikers, right? It seems like they would probably prefer to have another younger attacking option up front that they can go to. Uh, but at the very least, he'd be a good guy to have back. Uh, there's, there's a report that Barcelona want Danny Elmo on a free transfer in 2024. They've reportedly told him not to sign a new contract with RB Leipzig as they would love to have the lad on uh, on Barcelona coming up. He did score a nice goal uh, off of an assist from uh, Alejandro Balde. 
Alma's only 24. He'll be 25 next year. That's interesting, I guess, right? <laughs> Makes sense, sort of. It's cool. Uh, something that's happening this summer is Ilkay Gundogan is out of a contract at Manchester City, despite the fact that uh, he is a very, very important player for them. It seems like the the rumblings are that he's not going to sign a new contract and that he wants to come to Barcelona. I, I'm skeptical. I think he he's a really good team around him at City, and he fits in really well. He has been there for a while, so I don't know if maybe he's just looking for a change of scenery, uh, how he would fit into the midfield. I mean, the thought of him, Pedri, Frankie de Jong, and Gavi, assuming assuming Gavi doesn't leave, uh, which, which, which I would assume is not going to happen, that is a pretty ridiculous set of four midfielders, plus Busquets, uh, who they've reportedly set a deadline for, for him to kind of decide what he wants to do. Pretty sure they want him back. He's been really good for them. Been consistent, injury-free for the most part. It'd be good to have him back. But that's, I mean, that is quite the the the, the collection of midfielders if Gundogan comes on a free. It's pretty ridiculous. Barcelona have also reportedly decided to <laughs> close the file on Ruben Neves. Uh, I think Manchester United have been linked with him recently. So that's cool for him. He's probably going to cost, I don't know, probably somewhere around $50 million, I would guess, is what United would have to pay. Um, that's kind of it for Barcelona news. I guess, well, you know, we're, we're going to talk about Messi because why would we not? So as of right now, Lionel Messi only has a contract offer from PSG. The details around that offer, uh, the latest one I haven't I haven't found concrete information on. The other two options, I mean, I guess there's three. You have Saudi Arabia who are going to give him, you know, $3 billion, a spaceship, uh, name a planet after him. So that's on the table. And then you have the offer from Barcelona that is not actually an offer yet. There's reportedly been no concrete offer because Barcelona don't really know what they can offer. <laughs> They're probably trying to figure all that out and then offer him uh, a contract that I would guess won't be in line with PSG, won't be in line with Saudi Arabia, obviously. I mean, who, who, has, who has the spaceships that they have? And... Might not be in line with MLS. So MLS has the salary cap. Uh, you can basically pay a player from what I, again, not the biggest MLS expert here from my brief reading this morning. And by brief, I mean 30 seconds. It seems like you can pay a player $3 million, but if he's like a franchise player or something like that, $6 million. So the proposal is that MLS teams would like collectively share the load of of Messi's salary cap. Uh, yeah, for, okay, I'm reading this not as to make sure. The normal wage for a player in the league is probably around $3 million a season, while a franchise player earns close to $6 million. In a recent meeting, basically, all club representatives decided on an interesting idea. Interesting is quite a word. Uh, that would see all MLS clubs pay a part of Messi's salary, and the player would decide which team to play for. Now, the report kind of details... <laughs> whether that would be in Miami, Los Angeles, or New York. Uh, I don't see Messi going to Charlotte or Atlanta as much as I would love that, or Nashville or Kansas City. 
So it's a little interesting to me that those teams would shoulder part of the the salary cap for a guy that's going to destroy them in matches. I I don't know. It's an interesting approach. I get it, right? Like if you're Charlotte FC, why would you pay part of Messi's salary, league exposure, blah, blah, blah. I get the pitch. It's still kind of wild. I I don't know. Messi returning to Barcelona. Aguero said 50%. I don't even know what number to put on. I have no idea about the financial situation, how difficult it would be to actually get things together. I mean, they're still trying to figure out how to get Gavi on the first team, and that's proved to have a, a plethora of challenges. So we'll see. I don't know. There's a lot of obstacles for Messi to return to Barcelona. This MLS approach is wild, and I don't know. I... There's also like an Inter Milan report, which is hilarious. They always seem to be involved in like them linking themselves. They can't even get their own crap together to give Skriniar an extension. So that's a little little out there. Uh, let's talk about some Euro results. So on Saturday, Spain, Norway. Spain won 3-0. A goal from Danny Almo. And then a double from uh, Hosolu. Gosh, why, why am I so bad at this? Uh, from from Hosolu, Jose, Luis, Mato, San Martin, also known as Hosolu, Josolu. I'm sorry. Uh, he was born in Germany, plays for Spain. He's six four. He's great. I honestly, um, he's an interesting guy because. He's getting up there in age, right? He had time for Real Madrid, where he made one, one, uh, one appearance for them. And now plays for Espanyol, where he's looked good. 12 goals in 22 appearances. He's 33. Really good performance for him. Spain looked really good. They. It was interesting watching them because, yeah, they had 64% of the possession. They actually got shots on target, which was fun. <laughs> as opposed to their World Cup performance. Seven shots on target. Alejandro Balde with the great assist to Danny Almo for the uh, for the first goal. Poor Norway. Odegaard couldn't really do anything. Uh, Odegaard got destroyed by Rodri in a tackle, which was a tough beat for him. And... Without Erling Holland, it's just hard for Norway to do anything goal-wise. I also have to say that the uh, the little bit of controversy that Arsenal fans are just furious at Rodri for the tackle, because of course City are chasing Arsenal in the Premier League is pretty hilarious to me. I don't know. It was it, it wasn't painful to watch Spain. Like it wasn't just a miserable experience, which was fun. It was nice to watch Spain and enjoy watching them play a little bit. <laughs> Because during the World Cup, man, it was painful. Besides the opening match against, I think, Costa Rica. Holy moly. I mean, every performance, it was just like, it was just very, just brutal to watch them. So nice to watch Spain looking good. England take care of business. Italy take care of business. England are on six points in that group. Italy are in second place on three. Denmark, whew, lost 3-2 to Kazakhstan. Terrible performance for Denmark. Just really bad. Their group is still winnable. They don't really have like a, they don't have an England-Italy situation. Croatia and Wales draw. Croatia still rolling out the Modric, Brozovic, Kovacic midfield. You know, it'll work. They just made the World Cup semifinals four months ago. So today and tomorrow, last two days of Euro qualifiers before we return back 
to league fixtures. We got Scotland and Spain, Turkey, Croatia, Ireland, France are probably the three most interesting ones that I saw. Again, really enjoy watching Spain right now. So hopefully Spain continues that up against Scotland and they're actually fascinating to watch. So that's all I got for today. Kind of a quick one because there's not really much going on. Enjoy the Euro qualifiers today and tomorrow. Barcelona are back this weekend. And the Classico is about 10 days from now. So everyone, enjoy the fixtures. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you are not. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Overcast, all the places you get your podcast. Give it a rating if you feel like it. Appreciate the listen, and I will see you later this week.